0: Primetime with Sean Mooney is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Coming up, find out how you can try ZipRecruiter absolutely free. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. However, standing by right now is the one and the only, Sean Mooney, who
1: Mooney, everybody's got a price for the million-dollar man. <laughs> After he threw him off through the announce table, Taker climbs back down. He gets in the ring and he goes see
2: if he's breathing.
1: Right before I called nine one one, I thought she'd fallen asleep. I kind
2: of shook her a little bit to wake her up, and she did not respond. And I'll go down to my go to my grave, testifying or whatever, swearing that Davy was not on drugs. If he was on drugs, the way Brett says, how does I mean, how great does that make Davy?
0: Are you laughing, Sean? I get off the track here all the time. Did you just laugh, Sean? You go ahead and chop me. Just give me a big chop. I'll sell, I'll give you my whole chest and everything. And then I'll look at you like this, and then I'll punch you right in the mouth, as hard as I can.
1: <laughs> Attention, Sean Mooney, you scum, you slime, you maggot. If there's no further questions, you're dismissed. Carry on, maggot.
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Primetime with Sean Mooney. I hope the new year so far has been good to you. Uh, it's uh, been going along pretty uh, uh, gangbusters for me, uh, a lot happening, um, and I hope the, uh, the same is uh, for you. I hope you can say the same thing. And also, hope you enjoyed last week's episode of PTSM with Scott Casey. Man, I, I really love talking with Scott because it, it's just great to hear from someone who has a really great perspective on what it takes to make it in this business. I mean, he definitely, uh, no question about it, worked his ass off, uh, if you uh, heard that um, podcast. And unfortunately, when the WW, uh, WWF took off in the in the mid-'80s, uh, rocking the world of professional wrestling and, and entertainment, uh, for that matter, uh, he was already 40 years old. And not to say that he wasn't in tremendous shape, not to say that he wasn't a fantastic uh, performer in the ring, but the deck was definitely stacked against him because you had all these young superstars out there, um, you know, who wanted to work for the WWF, and that roster was very limited. But regardless, Scott made that roster, and he had a, a very successful career. And uh, it, it was just great to uh, hear about his journey. And you know, that is what I believe is so unique about this podcast is that you get the opportunity to hear from those who had you know great talent but never got that big shot. And, uh, you know, there's uh, for every, uh, you know, these superstars that made it uh, to the peak of professional wrestling. There's hundreds of others who didn't, who were uh, very talented, uh, just physically, you know, just in great condition and uh, would talk in front of a microphone. But for whatever reason, it just didn't work. And, uh, you know, Scott Casey is uh, a great story. And I, and I hope that you will check out his uh, his book. One last ride, the tale of cowboy Scott Casey. And uh, really, as we talk about, there are so many of those who uh, you know, didn't make it to the top, but that is uh, certainly uh, not the case with my guest on this episode, as we welcome back one of my favorite superstars of all time, someone I had the great fortune of working with quite a bit during my time with the WWF, the Million Dollar Man. Ted DiBiase as we get to catch up again. But before we get to that conversation here on Primetime, I want to speak directly to all of you listening who own your own business. Now, last year I know was a great year for many of you, and no doubt you want to keep that momentum going in 2020. Well, now is the perfect opportunity to take your business to the next level by bringing in even more great, talented people to help you get there. But uh, as you know very well, finding qualified candidates can be challenging. Well, ZipRecruiter.com slash primetime makes it easy. Let me tell you why. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but uh, they don't stop there. Uh, With their powerful matching technology, uh, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes, saving you all that time to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. ZipRecruiter, and listen to this, is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. Let me repeat that, within the very first day. And listen to this right now. My listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address. Here it is, ziprecruiter.com slash primetime. That's ziprecruiter.com slash T-I-M-E, that ZipRecruiter.com slash primetime. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. All right, time to get to the main event this week. And you know, when you think back, it's hard to imagine anyone else being the million-dollar man other than Ted DiBiase. And uh, Vince McMahon felt the same way. Uh, he didn't need ZipRecruiter because he knew exactly who he wanted to be, the million-dollar man, and he knew Ted was the right man for the job. Uh, Ted DiBiase did not let him down, becoming one of the most hated and popular heels ever. That's how it works. And he is now preparing to step on the stage with our old friend, Hackside Jim Duggan, in a series of shows featuring wrestling stories, as they're calling them. And I thought it was a great chance to find out more about these shows and to catch up with the one and only million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. Ding, ding, ding. Folks, uh, once again, I'm really happy to welcome here on Primetime with Sean Mooney, Ted DiBiase, the million-dollar man. Ted, how are you?
1: Sean, I'm great, buddy. How are you? How's How's life treating you?
0: Everything's really good. And, you know, it's it's funny uh, that uh, there's so many that, uh, you know, that uh, we all worked together back in the 80s and 90s together. That, um, you know, right. had periods of time where we stepped away from this business. And now uh, we're like back into it, you know, bigger and better than ever. And that is certainly the case with you. And I know you have a lot going on with your, uh, you know, your the, your involvement with the church. And, uh, and uh, but also you've been also doing a lot with professional wrestling once again.
1: Well, you know, it says, I mean, and again, I mean, I grew up in the business it's, it's one of those things. It's like uh, it's in my blood, so to speak.
2: Yeah. And here's
1: the thing: I mean, a lot of people don't know them. I mean, uh, you know, my biological father. Now, Mike Bibiassi was my actually my stepfather, Right. but Iron I like call right. him my stepfather because I mean, yeah, yeah, Iron Mike. Right. I mean, uh, but he came into my life when I was five.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. My my mother was also my mother was a lady wrestler. Yeah. You know, Helen Hill. That's how they met, and. uh, he became my dad when I was five. So in my formative years, that was the only dad I had. And he was a great dad. He was not only a pro wrestler, but he was a national amateur champion out of Nebraska wrestling for the Navy in 1946. So, you know, it was just like at the end of World War II. And then after he got out of the Navy, he went to Nebraska. And in Nebraska, he led it eight times, four years in football, in wrestling. Three years in a row, he was conference heavyweight champion. Hmm. And uh, he actually wrestled Bern Gagne in college. Wow! Yeah, incredible. But yeah. Uh, but uh, anyway, that's so. Not only that, not only was I raised by this professional wrestler. I mean, wrestling is sports entertainment. But my biological father was a professional singer. Right. And uh, and he uh, had this beautiful deep bass voice. And his father, I found out not too long ago was what they call an elocutionist. And I, 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 my understanding of what that word means is a storyteller.
2: Yeah.
1: So I guess that's the whole entertainment thing is in my blood. Uh, you know, one of my gifts is the ability to speak and speech. I mean, uh, people always <laughs> tell me about uh, the promos I cut and all yeah. that stuff. And it was just, you know, and, and people go, you know, did you have any coaching? I said, not really. I said, you know, we had, you know, back then we called them the agents, you know, they were the guys that would, they would suggest things to us, uh, you know, and, uh, and that, you know, and occasionally Vince would, you know, definitely want us to make some bullet points. But other than that was like when the little green light on top of the, the camera came on, I just started talking.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, and that's the real, that's me. That's the real way. That's the, uh, even now when I occasionally go back and they, you know where everything seems to be scripted. They'll give me something, and I'll look at it. You know, and then, and then before they leave the room, so we, we know. Ted said, you, "You you get the gist of what we want you to say."
2: Right.
1: I said thank you because <laughs> so I'm going to say it my own way. Um,
0: but anyway, yeah. Well, it's in your blood. We I mean, that, that, now we know that. Yeah. Uh, not only was the business in your blood from your your mom, and then, uh, but also. Those great pipes. I mean, uh, anyway, everybody's got a price. I mean, that uh, you know, maybe you weren't singing, but I'll <laughs> tell you, yeah. I tell you, I'm uh, certainly someone who can appreciate a great voice, as I have over the years. Well, and uh, yeah, yours yeah. really, yours is one of the one of the greats in in the business, and that that's that gives folks a little insight where that came from. Uh, before you know, there's a lot of stuff I want to talk yeah. about tonight. You already you even mentioned a couple of things, but before we move along and uh you know uh, folks when we record this it's uh a wednesday night and uh uh january 15th and we've uh i, I you know the word out is out throughout the world of professional wrestling and also in the world of entertainment that we lost rocky johnson and i know you posted something on your facebook um yeah and, and just yeah. first of all your thoughts it. your thoughts on him i know that uh you know uh Throughout your your travels, and uh, certainly he was he was older than you, but um, uh, it, I, I, you wouldn't have put something up on your Facebook page if he didn't have some impact on your life.
1: Well, I mean, you know, I mean, he was just one of those. Uh, you know, I, I think one of the one of the things that uh, Jim Ross said, and it was really true. He was he was like one of the pioneers,
2: yeah.
1: uh, especially you know a, a, again, uh, you know. Uh, coming into the wrestling business and for the longest time pro wrestling was predominantly white, you know, and and again uh, you know, Rocky Johnson comes along and he he breaks the mold and, you know, and and Rocky was, you know, uh, it's kind of like, I like getting the junkyard dog. JYD was never a, I like a, and neither was Rocky like what you would call a a great technical wrestler. I mean, I'm I'm accused of that. (laughs) I mean, like (laughs) The holes and all that stuff yeah but what he could do he was great on the microphone
2: yeah
1: yeah uh he cut great promos uh he just had that with about him, and uh uh you know and, and junkyard dog was the same way not not necessarily great in the ring but he could do a few things really good and that's what we always centered on but man when you give him a microphone he could just go and so uh yeah, I mean, I I remember a lot of a lot of those interviews. Matter of fact, the first time, the whole time that The Rock was in the WWE, uh, pretty much as a wrestler, I wasn't there. I mean, this was right. this was when I had left, and I was I was just totally uh, into in, into the ministry work that I was doing, and I just had no contact, and I would watch the show every now and then, and, and uh, you know, I really loved what I saw with him. But the first time I saw him uh, in person, you know, after he became a big star was at the, the, I think it was the WrestleMania we did in Miami a few years ago. And I can't remember which one that was, but we were in the, we, I walked into the green room and he was in there and I looked up and looked at him and he spotted me and he smiled and I said, you know, the last time I saw you, you were a little snot nosed punk kid running around the dressing room with your daddy. (laughs) And he got a big grin on his face and, uh, and uh, I don't know, just a real, just a, one of those moments. I think about when I think about, uh, I can't think about Rocky without about thinking of his son, and his son has inherited obviously right. a lot of that charisma.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, like you said, uh, he, you you knew back then when you saw Rocky, uh, you know what he could do in front of a camera, and uh, obviously Dwayne uh, the Rock, uh, his son has uh, taken that to just unbelievable i mean you know oh, yeah. he's not even you can't even say he's one of the greatest professional wrestlers ever he's one of the greatest entertainers i mean he's the biggest movie star in the world yes and uh yes i've, I've heard yes. people describe he really the, that you know early on uh when they saw him that they knew there was something special about him and, and certainly you could say that about a lot of people but right. he had this charisma about him that people said that yeah. you could recognize right away
1: and You know, and the other thing that's so admirable about The Rock is that he's got an unbelievable work ethic, you know, you know, and I like it as I liken his work ethic to Vince McMahon, who, you know, what nobody works harder in that company than the boss. Yeah, I mean, I I mean, I can remember I can remember uh, we would do. Uh, okay, we we would do a, a pay per view on a Sunday, and then the, the, those were horrible. This pay per view Sunday, oh. Raw on Monday, right. and tape SmackDown on a Tuesday. Three long, grueling days. Yeah, and this was before the the couple of years that I went back and and tried to, you know, they they asked me to come back and be a, you know, like like part of the creative team, and I tried to. T- I mean, I tried to tell Stephanie, I said, look, Steph, I said, I'm not going. To, I'm not going Eastwood. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I said, I'm not the storyteller. I said, I'm the story doer. Right. I said, somebody else comes up with the story, and I, the, my gift is I can I can go out and recreate that story or make the magic happen in the ring. That's my gift. And the, the, it took them a year and a half to figure out that I was right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but you know, but during that time, anyway, one night we had one of these grueling three day deals. We're on the west coast, and we're on the private jet flying back to uh, Connecticut. And now Vince has his mail and everything, and he puts on his glasses and, he, and and he pulls out the book. You know, he must have caught me staring at him, you know. Mm-hmm. And he looked up at me, and, and and I looked at him, and I motioned, you know, like with my my finger, like with going round and round, you know, over by my head.
2: Yeah.
1: I said, "Does it ever stop?" <laughs> and he just smiled and said, "Unfortunately, no." No, <laughs> no
0: that's yeah. right, man. Anybody's been so, near him. That's why you can't you can't ever complain because it's not like he yeah. just sits back yeah. and lets people do it. He's, he's the one leading the charge and has, and to this day, yeah. he's like that. Yeah. But it is. It's,
2: yeah. It and really
1: that, is. you know, it's like, and again, you know, there's a lot of things Vince does that I, that I don't like, you know, and, it, and of course that's life. Uh, you know, it's, it's, but you know what he is, you cannot, I mean, I, I, I have so much respect for, the the work ethic of the man and uh, and listen i'm going to tell you something else i I believe if vince hadn't made the move he made if he hadn't if he hadn't put the twist on wrestling that he did it would have died i mean because there are so many things there are so many things in the entertainment world today so many things like you turn on your tv got you know i got four or five hundred channels now oh my gosh there's so much buying for the entertainment dollar that I'm afraid it would, you know, he would have died on the vine. But uh, now, man, now we're global. Oh God, no kidding! That's a, that's amazing.
0: Yeah. Well, amazing. And, you, and you think about that gamble of WrestleMania One, where he uh, basically put everything on the line, and if it wasn't successful, uh, you and I wouldn't be having a phone conversation right now, and uh, there would be exactly. the world of professional wrestling would look an awful. A lot different. I can't even imagine what it would would be like because I don't think the territories could have survived uh, over the years. Yes, and you know maybe you'd have these promotions totally all over the place, but um, it is the standard bearer. I mean, it has been for decades. Yeah. So it, it's really right. amazing. Um, it, it's funny with, that you mentioned though about you know it, it about you know uh, being this tremendous performer, and you know you were. But not being able to translate that to you know being able to tell someone else how to do it or come up with specific storylines, and it's kind of like you know the the tremendous the uh, superstar athlete, and then they try and make him a coach, and it just doesn't work. Yeah. And why do you think that was? Because you were so you were so in the moment, and uh, you know because I. You know, I don't want to say like you lived the character, but I mean, in a sense, you did because, like you said, you couldn't have scripted the million dollar man because you no. acted uh in the moment, like whatever the situation was, yeah, you were that right. person. And is that true? Yeah. I mean, is that how the, you felt?
1: Well, yeah, and uh, yeah, and it's like you know and it's funny Vince looked at me one day, and I remember he said, Ted, he said, you remind me of Ray Stevens hmm. and I said, How's that, Vince? He says, "Well, like Ray, you're one of the best workers we've ever had." Mm-hmm. He said, "But if you ever asked Ray why he did any anything at a given point in his match, he couldn't really explain it to you." And I said, "That's exactly right, Vince. We call it working. It's 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 the innate ability, and, and it's it's an acquired skill. Because I remember I go back to having a conversation with Dick Murdoch and Terry Funk." In, in a car riding back to Amarillo, <laughs> Texas from Lubbock, yeah. and they had wrestled each other that night. Yeah. And I was asking him all these questions about why did you do this? Why? And here's what Terry said to me. He said, Teddy, he said, you're not going to understand this right now, but one day you will. He said, it's a, it's an acquired skill. Yeah. You just, you get in the ring and you wrestle every night and night after night, and you will develop an ear for the people. And every crowd you get in front of is different. They're not always going to respond the way you expect them to. And when they don't, you have to learn how to think on your feet and shift gears and do something. You know, you got, you know, because what we're out there doing all the time is we're selling, we're selling the show, we're selling ourselves. So you got to sell them something they want. And, um, and so I mean, Vince was right. I, I said, I, and I can't explain it, Vince. I said, and and, and he didn't. He didn't. And he wouldn't understand it any more than I would, because he was never a wrestler. So it's just it's one of those things that are. It's it's. A, there, it's I, I would say this: the the real art of wrestling is the. It's improv. It's being able to do that. And again, some of your greatest actors, you know, it's like um, I've seen that like when I'm watching TV and they'll highlight somebody and they'll talk about them on the set, you know, and, you know, and then all of a sudden and they'll say something like, well, this was what's on the script, but then he went ahead and he added this. Right. It wasn't on the script, but it was perfect. Yeah. In other words, again, it's, it's, it's being in that moment.
0: Yeah. And recognizing that character. Anyway. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's interesting that you, you, uh, you bring that up because that, that is uh, true, and it's funny because when you said, uh, "I remember a conversation I had," and I was, and I'm telling you, right in my mind, I said, "I bet it was in a car, uh, traveling somewhere between another town," and oh, that yeah. really was yeah. your university when you were a, a young, yeah, uh, wrestler coming up, right? And and oh, that oh, I yeah. think, you know, and folks, uh, what we're going to be talking about tonight, I, I wanted to get a hold of Ted because uh, he's about to uh, launch a couple of shows. Uh, wrestling stories with hacksaw, and I think uh, Brian Knobbs is going to be involved in one of them. I'm not. I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, that's where these I'm stories not real came sure from, either.
1: right? <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of Brian Knobs stories, and some of them we tell,
0: and some of them we can't. <laughs> <laughs> that's very true. But uh, but, uh, but isn't that the case though? I mean, but, so many of these life stories that uh that you guys will be telling and and you you've told them you've, uh, a few before um took place on the road because that was a lot of your life and that's where you yeah. developed these relationships that is where you learned your craft and and uh and this wisdom was passed on and uh that's something we don't see today anymore and and what yeah. was how 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 did that yeah. really um help you along the way early on when you were, uh, well, I mean, because
1: I mean, what you were really doing, you know, Sean, what you were doing is you were, you were really developing your own character because the other thing, and I tell you young guys, this all the time, you know, you know, back in those days, you know, when your match was over, you know, you you were through, you know, you know, it's kind of like a lot of times you're on the road, you got to drive to make, you know, a lot of guys, you know, were either in their car, or, you know, off to the next show or, right. or, or 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 check into the hotel and get to the bar, yeah. Um, but I never did that. I mean, when I was when I I mean the first year I was in the business, I was on the opening match every night, first or second match. Uh-huh. But I stayed. I stayed every night, and I watched the guys in the main event because I I knew something. Those those were the guys that were drawing the house. Those were the guys that we were, everybody else was dependent on you know, to make a buck. And and so I was going to watch it. And, and so I would watch that and, and I would see things that I liked and I would I would cherry pick you know, di- different moves and I would put them into my repertoire. Mm-hmm. And over a period of time, I developed my own persona. And, uh, and, and, and that's how it is. I mean, it's kind of like, so it's like, it's not like today sometimes, you know, like the, these guys will show up and the office gives them a character right well you know they might give them a character that doesn't fit them but when you develop it in your own time you know over a period of time then it's it's who you it's who you are and so you know there's so many guys i mean there's things carl cox did dick murdoch did terry Funk did i can tell you about you know like I mean, all of those things are part of, uh, like, uh, one of the things a lot of people say they used to love to see me do is i do this diving punch, right? I would go up, you know, I'd go parallel to the to the mat, you know, and I'd come down with this diving punch. Yeah. And it, lo- it looked like I was just, you know, drilling the guy in the head. And I, I got that from Dick Murdoch. I watched him do it. Uh-huh. So I said, well, you know what, I'm going to try that. Uh, there was another move old Terry Funk used to do where, uh, they, they give you that move where you bring the guy down and his, you know, his his butt or hits you on the, on the leg, so to speak.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, and, and, and he would spring off of that and he would spring and he would have I mean, to launch himself and he would hit the top rope at his, uh, like his midsection. And it was just right that it would, the rope would go down and it would, and it would, and his back legs would come up and he'd go right over the top rope to the floor. Yeah. And, uh, and that's another move. I mean, just things like that. I would cherry pick and over time, maybe become your own. And so then you develop, it's you, you're your own unique character. And, uh, that's a, a lot easier to be than somebody telling you, well, we want you to be this. So, uh, and again, I think the reason that Vince chose me to be the million dollar man character was because he had watched some of my matches as a heel and the way the way I carried myself, and, and basically that's that, that's the way. I mean, uh, I would I would walk out of, of the uh, the uh, you know the dressing room, and I start working right there. I, I'd take a few steps, and I'd look over at people, and I'd look them up and down like they like they were like a turd. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like you know you know like uh, you know like guess you're not even worth my breath. You know yeah. that, and because looks, you know, bo- people read body language. I mean, and I would I would have everybody mad before I ever stepped up on the ring apron, and it was that that attitude of aloofness, you know. And so that's what Vince said. He says, uh, you know, he says everybody hates somebody who, by virtue of their wealth, thinks so they can be they can buy anybody. They bully people with their wealth, and that's exactly and that's and that's and the 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 best kind of heel in wrestling. And excuse the expression, but we call it the chicken shit yeah. heel, because he talks real big, but yeah. in reality, he's a coward, and that's what a bully is. Mm-hmm. He's a big talker, but when it comes down to getting down and getting dirty, he's gonna he's gonna backslide out of there unless he's, you know. That's why bullies always
0: pick on somebody smaller than them. <laughs> so was that a so natural that thing, a or problem? was that something that was 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 passed on to you that psychology early on, like you said? Uh, the second you came out from the other side of the curtain, uh, you were you were in character. You were not yeah, person. I, well,
1: again, I I loved the business so much. I watched, mm. and I'm going to tell you. I mean, I, I I would watch a lot of the heels. Like uh, I mean, Terry Funk would do that. You know, I mean, uh, Stan Hansen. Stan, Stan Hansen would do it a lot more violently because you know, he wrestled in Japan the longest time that he had this big, uh, cowbell and rope, you know, the Texan, you know, with the hat and the shafts. And he would, he would, he would, he would come, he would come running through the, he would kick the dressing room door open and scream and then, and then start swinging that thing. And I mean, I mean, he would make his own aisle cause there would be chairs just <laughs> flying left and right. It looked like a lawnmower going down to the ring. And it was just yeah. Hanson getting there. It was just yeah. crazy.
0: Well, was used to fighting every yeah, night. We're getting... Shoot shooting Japan every night, right? Oh,
1: yeah. oh yeah, oh yeah. It was a three quarter shoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had to, you know, you had that. Why? But you, know, you had to let them know that you were there. I mean, that's kind of like anything else. They're going to test you.
2: Yeah.
1: They're going to test your metal, and you know, so I, one day, once they hit, once they pop me, that's when I told Teddy the same thing the first time. He went over there. I said, "Son, they're going to test you." I said, "You know what? If they hit you, you hit them back, and you hit them back harder." Right. Yeah. And he said, you know, a couple of those and everybody else will get the root word not to mess with you. <laughs> right.
0: So, but you, you talk about these uh, these greats um, of, uh, of the game, really. Uh, Terry Funk and Murdoch and, uh, you know, Stan Hansen and these guys. And uh, I'm sure there were nights where you were in cars with these guys going to different towns. And they did pass on this wisdom, but do you think it was uh, passing the time, or did they, do you think that, in a sense, they realized they were passing this this wisdom on to the next generation?
2: Well,
1: you know, I, I don't know if they were so much conscious of that. It's, it's just, like me, it was in their blood. Yeah. And that's what you talked about. I mean, it was kind of like, you know, back then, you know, uh, Sean, there were no guarantees. There were no guaranteed contracts. No. You didn't sign a contract, and you, you know, you didn't know. I mean you didn't know from one week to the next what you were gonna make because what you made depended depended weekly on on, on the butts you were able to put in the seats. Right. And right. uh and so that's why, you know, going from the one town to the next town you might have a couple beers, but you're talking about business. Yeah. You would talk about like oh like well like what you know, I, I would listen to these guys talk about the match they had that night you know, maybe next week, you know, uh we go back, we do this. And you, you know, they were always talking about it because it was their life and it was their business. And so, but, but, you know, to some degree, you know, uh, it's just like when Terry told me that night, he said, Teddy, he's, I can't explain it to you. He says, what but you, he says one day you'll remember this conversation and I did, mm-hmm. but you'll, 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 you'll realize that it's something that you, it's a, you you'll acquire the skill o- over time. And the guys that, you know, really, you know, I, I think it's like anything else. When you're a real student of your business, uh you're you're gonna pick up all those little things. It's it's not the big things always, sometimes it's the little the little nuances that you do uh that make the difference in a match. A way that you look or a pause that you took or uh I don't know, it's hard to explain. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, and when you look back, uh and of course uh the world remembers your time with the WWF and, and you were uh shortly after your arrival you were a superstar. But if someone really wanted to see the uh, the real development of Ted DiBiase, uh, they should look at those years from, what, 80 to 87 with Mid-South. I mean, I, I've seen yes. a bunch of those matches, Ted. And, and really, you could just see uh, from that early period on uh, and, and until you left there uh, – you were ab- absolutely ready when when you got that call. But what did those what did those years mean to you with Mid South and the, and they're legendary, uh, not just for you but for other superstars that came out of it. A lot of them ended up in the WWF. But when you look back, uh, what did those years do for you and 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 and, and mean to you?
1: Well, they they meant a, they meant a lot to me. And quite frankly, and you know, sometimes I look at those years uh, more fondly than I do the years with the WWF. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, only because, uh, it, it was, it was a little more relaxed, you know, uh, you know, once I got to the WWF, you know, it was like, yeah. Oh my, go, 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 yeah. go, go, go rockstar. next town next show. Yeah. Just, yeah, rock star. And I was a little more relaxed and, uh, I don't know, just a little more laid back. um, you had time to take it in. Yeah. And, uh, I just you know, when I think about it, uh, I didn't realize, you know, and, and I mean, I actually, I had just been offered a great deal in Japan. I mean, I could have stayed in Japan and been Stan Hansen's partner hmm. and I could have, i could, have, I mean, and I mean, for a good guaranteed money. Uh, I mean, and in Japan you didn't pay for anything, nothing, maybe your, maybe your meals, so uh, all all expenses paid, plus you made a, a great buck. And but I realized if I if I did that, then I would never be relevant. You know, it was like you know, Stan was a great worker,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but Stan, uh, no nobody in the United States really remembers Stan. Yeah, because he didn't wrestle here that much.
2: Yeah.
1: you know, they remember a, a match between him and Bruno and Sam Martino.
2: Yeah,
1: and that's about it. You know, but uh, Stan was one of the greats. But I, you know, when I uh, got that call from Vince, I realized, I said, you know what, I've got to go, I've got to do this, you know, because I understood that's where the business was going to go. And if I was going to be remain relative, I had, to, I had to move along with it. So...
0: Yeah, but when you, when you look go. back, though, <laughs> you talk about remembering those years so fondly. And I know, you know, uh, Jim Duggan uh, mentions this, you know, talks about it the same way because it was it was such it was such pure professional wrestling the crowds were just unbelievable I I remember hacksaw uh, telling stories about they could tell what kind of a night it was going to be by how many fights broke out before the matches started you know like everybody would be peeking behind the curtain and going oh yeah it's gonna be a good one tonight and and literally would have yeah, to have yeah. like a SWAT team to get you guys in and out of the ring Uh Oh what yeah, do you and, they, of and those, that's, that's the other crowds, thing too, right? especially on the yeah.
1: bigger shows. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, they, you have all the guys watching, and uh, uh, when anything like that happened, I remember one night uh, I wrestled. I uh, uh, was a wrestling uh, who uh, wrestling number two, mm-hmm. and this is when I wore the glove, yeah. and uh, we we did some. You know, he you know basically made this huge big comeback on me. And uh, almost beat me in. And then he put, picked me up to, uh, I don't know, like, dude, we called it a turd stomp. And again, like that move where I come down and he, he busted my backside across his leg. And, and as we as he picked me up, you know, I had already loaded the glove. And I just popped him in the head. And he just dropped me and drops to the, to the mat. Yeah. I covered him. One, two, three. And the people were just mad ass all get out. So I get out. And I'm walking. I'm walking. And this big cowboy stand right in the way, you know. And I and, and I went back to, uh, you know, and I went to just just brush through him, you know. And he gave me the stiff shoulder. And I swung around. I stuck my my finger right in his right on the end of his nose. I said, "Don't ever touch me." And then he went to swing at me. So I blocked his swing and I punched him. And said, here we go. Yeah. And uh, and then I bet the was, And then everybody else came running in. You know, Jim Duggan that was down. and they uh, Duggan always laughs because they, King Kong Bundy was there. And he was the first one trying to get down the steps. And he was so big and so slow. They, they were trying to
2: make up. They were yelling, get out of the way, Bundy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but <laughs> so, you you, know,
0: I it, mean, it's uh, funny you guys talk about it. And they're just like these fond memories. And they were absolutely insane. And I know that. Like JYD yeah. when people you know, the WWF never really got to appreciate uh you know, the the height that JYD reached in professional wrestling, yeah. like mid South that uh yeah. like he blew the roof off arenas. Oh.
1: Oh yeah. I mean and and and, and again to, to, to Bill Watts' credit, yeah. Bill Watts is the first wrestling promoter in this country to feature as his star a black guy. Mm-hmm. And I mean, J Y D was that guy. And, uh, uh, you know, it's like, when you know, when we battled, when I finally, you know, everybody knew we were good buddies and all that. And then that we but Bill was, a, I, I have so much respect for Bill Watts's understanding of the psychology of what we did. He was brilliant. Mid South was some great wrestling. I mean, I couldn't have, I couldn't have gone anywhere better. Yeah. I couldn't have learned from anybody, uh, uh, that was better than than Watts, and and Watts learned from one of the greats, uh, Eddie Graham. But Watts is a but Watts is a really smart guy, you know, in and of, of himself. And uh, you know, so when it, when I when I turned on JYD, I mean, I mean, hey, look, people down there took wrestling, they took their wrestling serious. Oh, yeah, it's a true story, funny story. Uh, Jake Roberts' dad, Grizzly Smith, was kind of like the agent. He took care of the towns and. So I told, I told him, I said, Grizz I said, look, I said, the first time I wrestled, uh, JYD in New Orleans, I'm not driving my car. Yeah. And he said, why? I said, you know why? I said, cause when I come out, it'll be on blocks. <laughs> like, he, yeah. he said, okay. He said, you ride, you ride with me. I'm neutral. So I rode with him and, and, you know, and dog and I had the match, you know, and, and he beats me to pillar to post. And, I um, obviously I find a way to load the glove and knock him right. out again. And, yeah. And I go back, and old Gris comes in the in the dressing room, you know, with his hands on his hips, just shaking his head, looking at me with a scowl. I said, "What's wrong?" He just won't. He just keeps shaking his head. I said, "Was the, anything wrong with the match?" He said, "No, the match was great." I said, "What's wrong?" He said, "They slit my tires, all <laughs> four of <saw>, them." <laughs>
0: they saw you. Get I see. See,
1: I said, "They just slit your tires." I said, "If I'd have gone out there, I wouldn't have had any Would, tires.
0: Wouldn't have had a car." So. Yeah, that that yeah. and that and that's really but, something though when you think about it. And uh, you know, people think they see uh, fired up crowds; they have no idea what what uh, how seriously yeah. people took it back then. And and really, you couldn't get out uh, yeah. get out of arenas sometimes. And that's you know, that's uh, I I I don't know how, if we could say we really miss it, but it really you got you talk about impassioned uh, fans who took it very seriously. Yeah. I remember Freddie Blassie talking yeah. about. I mean, what a great heel he was and uh telling stories how you know he had a he drove a you know the uh Cadillac convertible and uh came out of uh, the LA arena one night and uh they had you know slashed the the roof of the car and the you know he couldn't touch the thing because it was all torn to pieces and you know the guys get having to come in and out of arenas and ambulances and just it, you know people wanted to physically end them i mean they just and, and and people don't really understand how bad it could be at times.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Fond memories, fond memories. Uh, absolutely. Oh right yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, I'm sure you'll include a few of those stories in okay. uh, when you and hexa hit the stage. Uh, but um, and, and talking about you know life changing completely those when you did get to the WWF and. Um, I don't, I, did you really know what to expect? I, you probably had an idea that you, boy, I've got a good gimmick here. I mean, this could really be something. And you knew that the WWF was taking off, but it's, did it still blow yeah. you away when it, re, when it all started to happen?
1: Oh yeah, it, it did. I mean, uh, it, it was just the whole deal with Vince, you know, the way Vince does things, you know, he does everything first class and, you know, it I mean, it's you know flying me everywhere first class because you know there no you know only only other two people that got that kind of treatment at the time were Hogan and, and uh, the Giant yeah and uh, you know with the limousines the whole all of that uh, you know just that, that it was almost surreal you know going from drive you know riding in cars and driving cars uh, staying at the holiday Inn and the dude dropped in to staying at the Hilton and the Hyatt and the Marriott's uh, every yeah. night. It was, it was somewhat surreal. Like pinch me. Is it really happening? Uh, but as the thing grew, it was, it was unbelievable.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, you know, and, and uh, and to know that I was a part of that history is, is, is pretty cool. You know, uh, as I hear from the fans all the time, they go, your era, you Hogan, uh, you know, uh, Savage and uh, uh, you know, so many. All yeah. of all, all of you guys, yeah. There's so many guys uh, that you guys. You know, uh, it's like we're the ones that laid the foundation uh, for the guys that are working today.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely.
1: Kind of like. You know, man. You know what? <laughs> the other thing that's similar: old NFL, new NFL. I said the old NFL; those guys would play football for ten weeks, and they would go back to their regular jobs.
0: Yeah, they're selling appliances, and, uh,
1: and you know, and they, <laughs> yeah, and they uh, and they weren't making; they were none of them were on billion-dollar contracts either. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, no kidding. Uh, yeah, but so, uh, uh, back then, though, you did you did live your your gimmick. I mean, a lot of people. Like like today you really wouldn't i don't know if the million dollar man could have been over as much as he was because I mean people could yeah. see you in public and you were you were in a limousine and you were you know had the yeah. briefcase, and yeah and and you know the the guys did that and then when there was the babies in the the heels they didn't they didn't interact with one another and it it really did right. carry that uh you know carry what was going on in the WWF at the time, because people really didn't know how how to separate those storylines. It wasn't one, you know, where the guys walk out of arenas today and it's like, they got the suit on and they're just, you know,
1: yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, I would, you know, pretty much live it. I mean, like now when I would get back to the, the hotel and what have you, it was funny. I was like, there'd be, there'd be kids at the hotel that, you know, that had been cussing at me, spitting on me and, yeah. And throwing rocks at me, and then they wanted, they wanted my autograph. Yeah, of course, <laughs> it was kind of funny, uh, and uh, you know. So, I, you know, but I mean, you know, Vince had announced to the whole world, "Look, we're sports entertainment. So what?" You know. So it's kind of like when you walk into a movie, you know, it's not real. But if the actors are really good at what they do, they draw you into the story, and and that's yeah, that's that's the real art. That's the artist. You know, I would always go out there and go. I am to the best of my ability going to make these people believe what they see tonight. Uh, you know, and and uh, I, I think that's somewhat of a, a forgotten art today too. It's 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 not. You know, it doesn't seem to be that important anymore. And I I think it should be. And I you know that's just my opinion. So.
0: Well, also, don't you, you know, think, that think those you, characters? You, you, don't you think those characters back then were so well defined? Uh, I think today yeah. and, and and I'll just say that we can speak specifically <laughs> with the WWE that uh, you don't see that I mean uh, back then you had yeah. really defined characters you knew who the Macho Man was uh, you knew who Hulk Hogan was yeah. you know and you knew who the Million Dollar Man was and yeah was that yeah. why do you think that was back then it was I mean we didn't, you didn't we didn't have writers you didn't have a team of writers back there you had yeah. agents and, and uh and ideas yeah well, when you did a promo you know
1: i don't know and i don't i don't know what 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 has changed in our culture yeah. uh to make it to make it that way because the, the characters aren't as as defined it doesn't seem more it's kind of like you know i was a heel
2: Yeah.
1: And I mean, I was a heel and I was, I was, you know, and we we ended up our way to make people, we did things to make people hate me. Uh, And I just don't see any, uh, I don't see anybody today. uh, Or, you know, I I guess the closest one, because I don't, I don't pay attention a lot because I'm doing so many other things. But Bray Wyatt, you know, you know, that's probably one of the, in my opinion, one of the most evil characters they've had in recent years. Yeah. In terms of somebody you could really, get into his character. Uh now again I, that's just one that can, comes to mind I, you know, I I don't know.
0: Well, uh, I think that they blur like the, they blur the lines and have for a long time and yeah. yeah, I mean you take somebody like uh, you know, Steve Austin. I mean Stone Cold could do that. But in the same at the same time though he that was a defined character. Now it's kind of like are they a good guy, bad guy? Is it it's okay to be, you know, kind of Yeah back and forth on the line where, you know, back then that's, you rooted for this guy. There were certainly, there were people that did root for heels for different reasons, but you knew what side you were on. And, and uh, I think that people, they don't know now. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't know if
1: that's just the people. I mean, like, uh, you know, like John Cena, there's a, there's a whole lot of people that love John Cena and there's just as many that boo him. and, 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 you know, and, and but John's character is a baby face, right? Yeah. And you know, you know, he does not wrestle like a heel at all. Yet there are still people that don't like him. So I don't know. I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's the wrestlers or the culture. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Or just uh, you know, get back to old, the way it used to be done. Let the let them de- let them develop those characters. Yeah. I mean, I I remember when yeah. we would go to TV. Uh, tapings, you know, that's where we do all the event center promos. And I remember you'd see the guys outside of that cube uh, putting together what they were going to say. And they weren't, you know, some might have some notes or, but the best of the best were you guys just knew the storyline and said, okay, where are we? You know, yeah. <laughs> where are, where, when yeah. this airs, yeah. where are we in this? And then it was just like, like you yeah. said, the light goes on and boom, you're there. And how long do you need? Yeah. And that used to just—it yeah. blew me away. I mean, I, I even remember back then, uh, looking at you guys and just thinking, "Man, uh, I don't—I don't know where that comes from because they—they they are just that—that that guy. You're it." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I
1: don't know. I can't
0: explain it either, buddy. <laughs> I know, but it, but it wasn't, Uh-oh. and it's a lost art in a sense. And I I think sometimes yeah. because yeah. now they have, uh, you know. I don't know how many writers, they have a bank of writers. I remember I did, uh, uh, when I did one uh, the bit for the, uh, for the anniversary of, uh, of uh, Raw, and they handed me a piece of paper, but it was like three different guys, it, just for me to do this little bit. And I was thinking, I just remember back, back in the day, I mean, I don't ever remember, and I, I was trying to think, because somebody's asked me, like, how did you guys do those interviews? And I I don't remember how I think we did it like a dance. I'm going to do this, and I'll just follow up with this, and go. And that's how we did them, you know. Uh, So yeah, yeah. It's it's I don't know. I just feel like maybe if they just just let let go a little bit, let these guys develop it. Yeah, it's going to change. You know, and you know,
1: there's a there's you know, and again, I'm not
0: around enough
1: to know to follow it all. Um, and of course a lot of the fans that come to see me are, are fans that were fans in that era. And so what I hear from a lot of the fans is, you know, I mean, I hear it all the time. It's like, you know, wrestling just isn't like it used to be, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's like, it's, uh, it's too much like a soap opera, you know, uh, you know, it's like, you know, a three hour show, and maybe 20 or 30 minutes of wrestling, you know? Um, and I've, I've heard I've heard that you know from a lot of of people, but again I, I don't watch I don't know you know I don't I, I don't know what the you know there's a lot of things that have changed uh, I don't know what they can do and what they can't do uh, I don't know what you know I don't know what restrictions you know like uh, the television networks that they're airing the shows on have I don't know any of that stuff you know so I don't want to I don't want to be the naysayer. But I just, I know, I know, I know that what I did in my era worked, and I don't think that it would have any trouble working today. Uh, I really don't. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, I do school assembly, Sean, uh, and I go in and I speak to students, and. Uh, they'll tell me, well, can you, you keep it to 20 or 25 minutes, you know, because kids, are, their attention span is not very long. Right. I said, give me an hour.
2: Yeah. And they look at me like I'm nuts.
1: And I said, listen, I said, I'm going to speak to these kids and I'm going to speak straight from my heart. And that, they'll know it. They'll recognize it. And they will tune in. And if they don't, then guess this is not my first parade. If they don't, then I'll cut it off. I said, just give me that, that, that time. They give me the time, and, and brother, now and one time, and they all you know, they all and they all walk away, going, wow, how'd you do that? Yeah. Well, it's just it's part of that. It's part of that. Whatever it is, I've got <laughs> that that ability to to grab a crowd and hold on to them. Yeah. And uh uh uh, so I don't know. I, I mean, and I don't want to be. You know, I am I am, by, I, am not, I am in no way bashing the wwe i am so grateful uh for the opportunity that they gave me uh i mean and like you said we would not be having this conversation had it not been
2: absolutely
1: and no telling where wrestling would have gone uh but i you know i just uh i just gosh i just wish there was a way to let guys develop their own characters today and one of the reasons they can't sean is this we wrestled every night Right, I mean, we went to a different town. Sometimes, you know, a lot of times he wrestled in the same towns on the same night every week. Kind of like tuning tune into your, your favorite TV show. You know, whatever it is, you know, it's like, uh, well, you know, it's like Dancing with the Stars is on Monday and Tuesday or whatever. Uh, well, you know, wrestling we had uh, in Lubbock, Texas on Wednesday night. In Amarillo, Texas, it was Thursday night. And so that was your favorite thing to do. But we would we would wrestle every night. And so we had time to develop our you know, in words, and I had time to develop that character. I mean I yeah,
2: I wrestled worked, I wrestled for work. almost
1: twelve Yeah, I had yeah. wrestled for almost twelve years before I ever went to the WWF. Yeah. The sec, well the second time the first time I went was in seventy nine. Uh and you know, that was just for about eight months. Uh but when I came back in 87, that's when I, you know, I was, I was polished and you know, it took it took some while to get there, but, uh, that's the thing that young, young talent today don't have the opportunity to do. They go to a training school, they learn the moves, they learn the basics, but where you really learn this is on the job as you're doing it. Yeah. And that, that's, that's, that's one of the reasons I think that we, we can't go back to yesteryears because it's, it's impossible to do.
0: Yeah. They don't do that. I mean, with the, they don't get any, they don't get the opportunity to, to, uh, you know, experience, like you said, all those different crowds and there's nights where stuff doesn't work and you say, okay, let me try this. And you have that kind of, you develop kind of like this fearless attitude that comes with that confidence. And I think that a lot of these guys, uh, you know, they may be may have been with some other independent op, uh, you know, organization before they get to the WWF. But now, when you get there, man, the stakes are so high, and uh, yeah, you know, you're not going to yeah. get a whole lot of opportunity. So you're going to you're going to just try and just stay and do everything they tell you instead of saying, you know what, I'm just going to do what's working, right. what's, what I know works for me. So I, I yeah. think that we have yeah. gotten away from that. And it, and you know, and you mentioned Ted that, um, you know that that. Uh, early on you you coming up and getting a shot with the WWF when you weren't ready but i love the story that uh i what is it uh, hulk's first match was against you and yeah. uh, you put him over yeah. so well that it's something he never forgot and he had a chance to yeah. uh to pay it back later
1: yeah um, i remember uh yeah that was in that was in i think it was december of 79
0: 79 yeah
1: and uh his first match and I went to Vince Senior who was the boss at the time
2: yeah.
1: and I said I know you really want this guy over uh tonight Vince you know how, how would you like me to do it mm. and he you know he, he, he paid me a big compliment he said "Teddy says he said you do it any way you, you want to do it he said I know you'll do it right yeah. you know which just you know which was a little bit of psychology on his part because that made me even want to get him over better yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so we had that match, and, and he he thanked to me. I remember him saying, "You know, I remember Hulkster saying, owe oh, you one, bro.'" Hmm. And so all those years later, you know, you know, he he goes and he becomes this big star, and he becomes the, the anchor of the new the new uh, WWF. And uh, first uh, first time we we saw each other after I signed was actually at a uh, an outdoor show somewhere. In the summer, you know that was something. I signed in March yeah. or April and started working in June. And anyway, so when I when I saw him that first time, he said uh, he looked at me he smiled and he said, "It's payback time."
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: And I was just, I just blew me away. But, hey, that's the kind of guy he is, though. He really is. Yeah, He's
0: well, a good heard, guy. I've heard a lot of stories. Uh, you know, the uh, over the years that there's kind of these behind the scenes that uh, events that happen that. Uh, you know terry was never out to make public but other guys have that he did he there's a lot of people that he helped along the way uh in the favor and yeah. it's just you know it's those relationships ted that you've developed over the years and and uh the ones that are still with us it's uh, unfortunate we've lost so many but uh you know these relationships yeah and it's a tough business i mean my god and, and as you mentioned you know yeah. pretty much you're an independent contractor i mean you, you don't every time you step into that ring uh, if you get hurt, you know, you're out of business. The business is closed yeah. until you can, yeah. uh, you know, get that. Yeah. Uh, and and the fact that you've uh, over the years, you know, not just with your success, but uh, so many great relationships that have just endured uh, with decades uh, here, you know, and, and of course, Terry being one of them, but also, you know, Jim uh, and and so many others. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean that's it. It's
1: it's like well, yeah, it's, it's like a brotherhood. It really is, yeah, you know. And uh, it is. just like you know, uh, uh, God bless Terry Funk. Man. I mean, of all the guys, he uh, I've known his family since I was uh, old enough to remember. His his father and my father were great friends and had uh, had great great matches. And uh, you know, Terry and, and Dory Junior. Uh, you know the, that the Funk family had a lot to do with me. Um uh, in the formative years of my career, you know, and then you know, uh, you know and it's just, just you know it's life, but i mean Terry's just he's seventy five and um uh, you know his wife died a year it's almost it'll be like a year ago in april mm-hmm. and uh I went back to uh Amarillo and he asked me to do the eulogy for his wife, and uh it was almost hard to get through, yeah. but i mean uh it just you know, you know that's just it it's, it's, it's you're like you're, you're you're a big family yeah and uh it's kind of like a, it's it's one of those things that i uh, like soldiers soldiers share uh unfortunately a, a, an experience that a uh, few people do uh and most people are probably glad they don't mm-hmm. but they because they share that there's a there's a link with them wherever they are, whoever they are, whenever they meet, and the same thing. They might not see each other for ten years, but the next time they lay eyes on each other, it's going they're gonna embrace each other like they just saw each other yesterday. Yeah. Same same thing. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's just a it's just a fraternity. Yeah. It's it's something you have got to live to to to, uh, to understand.
0: Yeah. Well, Ted, it's been uh, such a, an incredible. A journey for you and uh, you know folks if you ever want to hear the whole story we covered it pretty well in our last conversation on uh, when you joined us on primetime but also uh, in your documentary the price of fame and I know it's it's still out there and I really folks I encourage you if you haven't seen it it's such a, a, an inspirational uh, film uh, about uh, you know hard work uh, reaching incredible fame uh, falling from that and, and redemption, and just so much more uh, about the importance of being a father, a faith, and so much. What? What is the? Uh, how, how can folks see that now? Is it? Uh, it's still, well, it is uh, uh, on I Netflix. Think it's it's I think, still
1: available. Well, it's still available. Uh, I believe at Walmart's, and I know that. Uh, I think that uh, Amazon, uh, iTunes, yeah. maybe it's on iTunes now mm-hmm. already. I'm not sure. Uh, but I know Amazon, Amazon. And, uh, uh, I don't think it's at Netflix yet. Um, uh, but it, it is out there. And, yeah. you know, I, I'm going to have my own, you know, um, uh, I've got a website, but I'm going to, I'm going to have my own, uh, product, uh, pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll be looking for that million dollar uh, and again, just, you know, for the fans that are out there listening, that if you're in the uh, the Los Angeles or Las Vegas area uh, coming up starting uh, February the 5th, uh, me and old Hacksaw, hmm. we're going to be telling some of our, well, well, actually, no, on the 5th, we're going to do a wrestling seminar for the FSW, Future Stars of Wrestling in Las Vegas, and that right. starts at 8 p.m., I'm not sure where exactly that is. Uh, But uh, then on Thursday, the 6th, we're going to be telling wrestling stories in Las Vegas. Uh, Doors open at 730. Uh, Then uh, February 7th, uh, we're going to do another, me and Hacksaw, again, another wrestling stories. This one's in Los Angeles. And it's at a venue called the Sycamore Tavern on Sunset Boulevard. It's like a real upscale uh, uh, place to eat and and drink. Uh, And then we're going to go back to Las Vegas. And we're going to make an appearance, uh, an autograph appearance at uh, Power Play Sports Collectibles uh, in the Boulevard Mall in Las Vegas. And that'll be from 1 o'clock to 3 p.m. And uh, tickets are on sale. I know this, If you know, if you want to get your tickets, you could pre-order at book, uh, say booklastinglegacytalent.com. Let me say that again. Booklastinglegacytalent.com. That's the, the website. And, uh, and all of the information uh, about where exactly those things are going to be taking place is going to be available there, too.
0: Yeah, and you call it, it's uh I think you're calling it wrestling stories and, and we mentioned these relationships. Uh how did this uh this all come about? I know Hacksaw's done some one man shows before. Uh how did he get you involved or how did you guys uh put this together?
1: Well, you know, it's funny. Uh a couple of years ago I went up to uh Canada and I did a charity show for uh the, are you do you know who Jan Murphy is? jan is a canadian you know he's a he's a he's a journalist he's a writer Uh and uh a wrestling enthusiast and he he does this annual fundraising wrestling show to benefit uh at risk kids Uh and so because uh that's so near and dear to my heart uh i said i said jan i said i'll tell you what i said i'm not gonna you know i'm not gonna charge you my full price man i'm gonna give you a break on the price. Give half the money to the to the cause. Yeah. And uh he just came to me and he said, Ted, I can't thank you enough. He says, How about this? He said, Have you ever done uh you know, you know what Mick Foley's doing and Hacksaw's doing and oh, yeah. Jake Jake's doing it too? Right. And I said, You know, the the funny stories? Yeah. And I, the, the, I said, that, he says, They're not being comedians. All they're really doing is telling funny wrestling yeah. stories yeah. you know, drawing a wrestling crowd. And I said, well, I could probably do that. Well, so he, he books one for me and it goes over really well. Yeah. And so then he books through a buddy of his a tour. And I did a nine day tour up in Canada uh, telling funny stories from my career. And so, uh, and actually, Duggan and I had a, a, a couple of opportunities obviously, uh, over in England uh, a couple of years back when we were both there for like a double comic-con one in Sheffield, England, one weekend, and next weekend we were going to be in uh, Glasgow, Scotland. But in between we did a couple of these. So it's, you know, it's not really, it's not really co- being comedians and telling, you know, jokes. It's, it's telling funny stories from our life and our careers. And, uh, uh but the, the, uh, the thing is you're, you're gonna, uh, you're going to appeal to and You're going to draw, a wrestling fan base, and so you could call it whatever you want to. You could, you could just call it an evening with Hacksaw Jim Duggan and yeah. Million Dollar Man,
2: because
1: yeah. that's what we're going to do. We're going to tell stories, and then we're going to open the floor to uh, take questions from the fans. And a lot of times, that could be funnier than the stories. Yeah, uh, okay. No and, <laughs> yeah, and then we're going to especially
0: with uh, Jim. Then we're going, you know, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah.
1: And then we're going to obviously make available opportunity to take pictures and sign autographs yeah. and what have you. And we're doing that, uh, on the, uh, 6th and the 7th of February, the first time in Vegas and the next night in, uh, in, uh, Los Angeles, Los Angeles at the, uh, at the tavern, the Sycamore Tavern. Yeah. And then back to, back to Vegas, back to Vegas for Vegas. autograph signing. Uh, and so, uh, this is just something new that we've, uh, you know that we're just like why not? You know, yeah. uh, there's an opportunity to to do a few things together, and so we're going to do
0: it. Why do you think it is though that here we are? I mean, we're, we're this is decades later. Uh, that it, it, you know, three four hundred people will show up to these, uh, and you you know, <laughs> you know you know you go to. I've seen you at the the, the different shows we've we've uh, been at at the same time, and they're just you know hundreds and hundreds and thousands of people why is it still so popular that was it that era what 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 do you think it is uh,
1: you know do you I, 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 I don't I, I, I wish I could tell you Sean <laughs> I'm just glad it is I mean yeah. it's like you know uh, I, I mean I, I am a, today is the 15th of January and in three days I am going to turn 66 wow I'm gonna be 66 years old in three days and uh oh my gosh it's like you know i haven't been in a ring and had tights on for almost 30 years well no wait no well almost i mean i was right at 40 when i got out of the ring 50 60 you know yeah i'm I'm, you know okay well i'll be four years short short 30 years out of the ring and yet people keep coming uh uh, Sean, they, they keep making accurate action figures. You know the yeah. the the last thing that I I made a nice little royalty on was those those what they call pop figures. Yeah, yeah. those little uh, those <laughs> they make it for all different genres. But man, uh, they just keep making them, and oh, and the video game. I had kids come up and tell me about things on video games. And I, I've never even seen one of those games. <laughs> I've never, obviously, if I haven't seen one, I've yeah, never played, played one. one. Yeah. And I've had one kid recognize me. He said, You're a million dollar man, aren't you? And I couldn't believe it. He's eight years old. Wow. And I said, How do you know me? And he said, Video games in the network. Yeah. And so I didn't realize what he was. I said, Video games. I mean, you know, the last thing I had anything to do with video games it was kind of like. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Pac-Man, right? <laughs> so, but I went to, I actually went to a gaming Comic-Con yeah. in Milwaukee. I think it was last year. And then I saw, I, I actually saw one of the new WWE video games. And like, oh my gosh, you look, it looks, it looks almost real.
0: Oh yeah, virtual reality.
1: Exactly. Yeah, the, the graphics and everything. So now I said, now I understand how, you know, but still. Now, the difference being, okay, on the games, you know, I've got highlighted blonde hair and I'm not wearing glasses. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked a lot younger. <laughs> That's so, right, unless you live you on to, forever. You
0: You're young forever in the is. games,
1: yeah. Oh, gosh, man, i tell you what.
0: But, you, but Ted, it's in amazing. a sense, though, but, too, know, I, I just, but isn't it something, though, that, uh, you know, back then it's it's all happening, and you're just worrying about getting to the next town. And you're, you know, it's 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 brutal. It's uh, physically taxing. It's mentally taxing. Uh, you kind of realize how you know maybe what these big events are, but um, it, to have people now, maybe you can appreciate it a little bit more than maybe you had the chance to do when it was actually happening.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely absolutely uh you know and to uh you know think this is the greatest thing I, I so many fans come up and they say you know i mean they'll say you just don't realize what you know what joy you brought into my life you know i mean I, and and a lot of them they say no don't be offended but man i hated your guts that <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: was a compliment and I go, yeah. thank you thank you that's really. the whole point you know,
1: yeah. you know I, I was the bad guy that was my job yeah and, and of course, as they grew up, then once they understood it, and then they said, "We and once we understood it, we even we even appreciated it, and and we you know we we loved you all the more, yeah. and so uh, and that's you can't you know uh, those are those are uh, moments you don't forget. Yeah. So, well, folks, if you and again I, and the other the other thing that it's done, uh, Sean, I mean yeah. as as. Uh, you know, as I got into ministry and all the ministry things happened as a result of of all that my wife and I went through that, that the story we tell in the documentary yeah. um, but when I got my life right with God, I had no idea it would lead me to actually set. I being mean, an ordained minister and, okay. and, and speaking in churches and prisons and rehab centers and uh, and and allowing the celebrity that I had now that's like I tell people I said I, I really don't care about being a celebrity other than that now it's the tool I use to bring people to recognize Jesus Christ
2: because
1: mm-hmm. uh, if you stand if you stay around me long enough you're gonna hear about it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: right. you're
1: gonna you know you give me a you give me an open As a matter of fact in uh, in June uh, June, the weekend of Father's Day.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, there's a very well-known, uh, I, you know, I can't call it, it's a church slash rehab center. It's called the Dream Center. It's a nine, It was a nine-story abandoned hospital in the worst neighborhood in Los Angeles that was transformed into this, this I mean, it's incredible, Sean, yeah. what they've done and how they've transformed the community. But I, I've been there before, and I'm gonna I'm gonna speak out there on Thursday night, and then Friday we are going to have a wrestling event. I don't have any details about this yet. Uh, um, they they want me to get a couple of things to uh, to join me there, you know. And I, I said I'll I'll do what I can, but I'm sure I could find a couple, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna put on a wrestling show, and uh, of course no don't expect to see me in the ring but uh
0: uh you might be stirring up but uh there'll
1: be a wrestling show and it'll, it'll be a, a gospel presentation as well i'm looking forward to that yeah so
0: well, you that's never funny. know yeah i was gonna say you didn't uh you didn't know your true calling was uh it was going to be spreading the word but uh Professional wrestling uh, prepared you for it, <laughs> right? Yeah, your true yeah. calling. So yeah, yeah,
1: it really, it really, you know what, it really did. Yeah. Um, I mean, because uh, you know, uh, obviously, I, I, I don't, I don't have any any shyness about being in front of a crowd. But uh, yeah. the other thing is, is you know, like uh, it's funny, uh, like in wrestling, I learned to read a crowd, and it's funny, but. The same thing is true in church. Sure, yeah. and uh, it, I, I can't explain it. It's it's really it's really unique, but yeah. uh, uh, you can use that tool the same way. It's you know, and again, you know, I, I think the greatest compliment I get from, especially men, is they're 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 shocked that I can be that transparent that transparent that I can be that raw mm-hmm. with with not all the good things I did in my life with with all the bad things I did in my life the reason that I'm willing to do that is because you know I want everybody to know that just like me that you could you can be forgiven you can be restored yeah so
0: you can change your life
1: but it's a tough thing for guys to do
0: yeah
1: It'll, it's it is it's life-changing. So man we are you know hacks on I'm looking forward to seeing him man he's uh my wife's gonna go with me I think Deborah's coming too oh, yeah. and uh, uh that first one's in uh in Vegas and that's the again the wrestling seminar you know <laughs> I'm joking with Doug and I said, what are you gonna do at a wrestling seminar? Be the dummy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I well, love teasing him I breaking man. Yeah, well, I'm glad he's uh, but, healthy uh,
0: again and he's he's going to be out there. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, folks, these are taking place. The first one's February 6th, right, in Vegas?
1: For, uh, February 5th on Wednesday 5th? in okay. Vegas. That's the wrestling seminar at 8 o'clock. Yeah. And then uh, wrestling stories on February the 6th, Thursday, doors at 730. Uh, and then uh, Friday night in Los Angeles uh, at the Sycamore Tavern on Sunset Boulevard at eight thirty, And then again, Saturday back in Vegas at the power play sports collectibles in the Boule- Boulevard mall in Las Vegas from one to three o'clock, uh, yeah. an autograph signing. Uh, and again, for the, all the information go to book, lasting legacy, Say that real fast <laughs> book, lasting legacy, That's the, uh, website to go to, all right. awesome. to, uh,
0: to book this stuff. Well, Ted, it's uh, been great catching up to you, and uh, I'd love to have you back. I'd love to get you and Ted Jr. on. I've been working on that. I'd love to have you come on and talk about, uh, you know, that relationship and talk about dads and sons. And, yeah. You know, I have a a nonprofit called Do Dads and it's really it's devoted to, um, you know, mentoring kids who have lost their dads or never have had a, a real positive male wow. you know, role model in their lives, and helping out you know, well. single moms with their families and. I'd love to have you guys. Come well, on brother, anything podcast.
1: I'm telling you, anything you, I tell you, Sean, I didn't know that. That is awesome because I I talk about this all the time. Yeah. Uh, one of the greatest disasters in our country is the lack of fathers. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, 35 percent of the children being raised in America today are being raised without a father figure in the home, and that is just horrible. Yep. Uh, and so you know, it's kind of like. Uh, I tell when I talk to coaches and teachers, I said, you know what, uh, you know, I hope you're not just in this to, to get a salary and go home. I said, because, uh, for some of these kids, you will be the only parent figure any of them ever have.
2: Yeah.
1: And that's sad, but yeah, 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 yeah. I'm all about getting on the men to man up, you know, yeah. and again, you know, I had to, I tell everybody, I said, my wife, when I got married to Melanie, she had just turned 20 and I was about to turn twenty-seven, hmm. and then she waited for ten years for not my dumb butt to
2: grow up. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> well, uh, so anyway, you've been a great dad, though. So that's uh, you, and, and I really and and, you, and, you, and, you, and we've all fallen down, but that's the thing: you get back up and you stay there.
2: <laughs>
1: that's, that's the most that's important it. thing. You just yeah. keep getting up. Yep.
0: Well, Ted, it's been great chatting with you. Up. Really, uh, I love love uh, us catching up. And I hope I see you uh, in person. I'm sure I will somewhere down the road. But um, it was great. Absolutely. Are you, gonna, are
1: you are you going to be? Are you going to be out in? Are uh, you going to be in Florida for WrestleMania?
0: No, I won't be there. But I I will be. I'm going to be at a show in April back in uh, Jersey. So I don't know if you're going to be at that one. It's uh, the '80s. Uh, so I know you've done a few of those. Maybe I'll see you there. But I got some other stuff to talk to you about too. But uh, I'll chat with you down the road. But uh, got a few okay. things going on. But anyway, awesome. All right.
1: All right, my friend.
0: Great talking God to you, bless Ted you. DiBiase. And what is it? What is it? does everybody really have a price? <laughs> Everybody's got a price for the million dollar man. <laughs> We Always entertaining Ted DiBiase. And now we know why entertaining people is in his blood. His mom was a professional wrestler and his dad a musician. I mean, he was destined to end up on the stage. And fortunately for us, it happened to be in a ring where he thrilled the world. No question about it. And if you're going to be in Las Vegas or Los Angeles on those dates, be sure to check out Ted DiBiase and Hacksaw Jim Duggan and their wrestling stories. Uh, once again, I want to thank our sponsors this week, Zip Recruiter. Take your business to the next level by hiring more great employees. Zip Recruiter will help you make those great hires. And right now, my listeners can try Zip Recruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ziprecruiter.com slash primetime. That's ziprecruiter.com slash P-R-I-M-E-T-I-M-E. That's ziprecruiter.com slash primetime. Zip Recruiter, the smartest way to hire. I love saying that. I would love to hear from you too about everything that is going on these days. To all of our loyal Patreon members who are Moonies and Legion of Who members, I will be calling you. So if you see a 602 area code come up on your phone, it's probably me. Also, all your listeners, uh, you can reach out to me via email at primetimemooney at gmail.com. That's primetimemooney at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at primetimemooney. And uh, remember, if you catch us on iTunes, if you download us from there, um, subscribe, of course, and then give us a rating and a review. And we'd love to get those five stars from you. They really do make a big difference. So much going on these days, and I hope you are going to join us for the ride. Till next time, thanks for listening, everybody. I'm Sean Mooney, and I am out.